Hi, friends. Welcome to The Point is Progress. My passion for this podcast started with one idea, a desire to strengthen our community through authentic connections and storytelling. So I sit down with local shop owners to dive deep into their stories to share them with you. Why? Because I believe these vulnerable and inspiring stories remind us that life is about progress, not perfection. And who better to learn from than each other? If it weren't for my passion as a realtor, I might not have started this journey. It's super easy to get in touch with me. So whether you have a question about real estate, want to be on the podcast, or just want to be friends, let's connect. I would love you to subscribe and leave a review so I know how I'm doing. Be well, be kind, and enjoy the podcast. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so um, for, so you go by Chris. Yes. I, I, there was a point I was like exchanging emails with you and I was like, okay, is this the same person? Did I write Chris? Like? I might have wrote CEO <laughs> from Rockstar yeah. of NYC. Like what, what, how many names does she have? No, yeah. it's Chris. Chris is cool. So, okay, good. So Chris from The Perfect Perk. And you have a business partner, although they're not here today, and their name? John Grillo. John Grillo, okay. From New York, Queens, New York. Yes, he's oh. actually the um, owner, full, full owner on the operator. He's had it for over 13 years. And once he decided to purchase a piece of property in Bradley Beach, he decided to just completely do a 180 on the look. Mm-hmm. And that's where I came in. And at that time, I was designing and selling women's footwear in the wholesale industry, but I was making a way out. And um, I said, let me just help small business. So we kind of went to work and he had the best cup of coffee in town before I went to the city. Wow. And that's kind of just how it was. I was like, who owns this place? I need to meet them because I can't get the best cup of coffee in town until after 10 a.m. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already five in. Yeah. So let's, can, can we open up earlier? So he said, funny you mentioned that. I'm actually completely rebranding, redoing everything, you know, and I said, all right, let's, let's go to work. And that's kind of where it developed. So it was always called the perfect perk. Okay. I just put a logo to it. Yeah. Um, the spin originally was, it was an old school, like coffee and cake, mm. you know, in Bradley Beach, open late night. That's why he opened late in the morning because he was open late at night. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I felt things were turning. Things were turning in the fashion industry. Like, you know, Amazon and Walmart was taking over the whole world, putting, you know, small um, independent women's footwear businesses out of business because they were being acquired by, you know, major brands. And I worked for a small independent company out of California. And so I kind of just – I saw a niche here on the shore and the coffee, the product was excellent. And I just saw that there was a need to kind of open up early. There's a new flow of millennials and consumers in Bradley Beach, you know, flowing out of Asbury Park. Mm -hmm. So I think the timing was right. Uh, My creative background, his vision where he kind of wanted to implement old school, but with a new modern twist because he's got that New York sense of style, you know, finger on the pulse. Mm -hmm. He's in the meatpacking district. You know, I think you want to compare some inspiration to the serendipity in the city. And um, although we're not selling, you know, four carat gold diamond, whatever, you know, (laughs) cheese, grilled cheeses they sell, which I think they do dipped in something crazy. Wow. But the aesthetic of selling a modern product. Product with an excellent cup of espresso was the goal, and we nailed it. 
So we went to work. I feel like there's probably about a million questions. Like as you're talking, I'm like, oh, there's a question. I have a question. I have a question. Another question. Oh, no way. So we'll get, we'll get into lots of it. But I'm curious. So we'll get back to – I like to start out just kind of hearing – your story and how you guys connected, we'll kind of get into and in, in the business too. But um, I guess the first question I think I want to start with is what clique were you a part of in high school? Oh, my God. Freshman year, student <laughs> council president. Okay. I went to Red Bank Catholic. It was like I didn't know anybody. And I said four sentences and they were like, that, that I win. I'm like, okay. And I kind you of won with four sentences and never talking to anyone. anybody. You know, and it, was, it, it was the, the bar was not set very high. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> then I never won again. So, but I was varsity soccer. I was like number one in the state. I was, um, actually was a goalie and I was really good at it. As um, a freshman? Yeah. Oh. Um, sophomore. Sorry. So, okay. Freshman president, okay. student council president, then varsity, sophomore through uh, senior year. Okay. Um, and I played all three. So, you know, I don't know. I'm a risk taker. I like a good challenge. I, I can see an opportunity. And okay. when I see an opportunity, I jump on it. I think that was like the excitement of, of a dynamic position on the field. And was that – always how you were always like really? always like i've Even never afraid to shake anybody's you hand you remember being young and your yes. whoever you grew up with parents or whoever, <laughs> whatever guardians you had like they just remember you being super dynamic <laughs> you know it, it's probably the funniest person they know so i think that humor with a good personality and the fact that i'm just like i'm you know i'm always on i'm yeah. very high functioning i were <laughs> you did you how old were you when you had your first cup of coffee <laughs> Good question. You know, it was not until I was like 18 when I went to college. Really? And I was like, oh my God, I have to study for something. Mm. Really, this is important. So your energy just was natural. Yeah. And you know what? I could still have coffee, go to bed. I can have espresso. I can take a, I can take a nap. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I think that the beauty of the caffeine, like the, the drug that it is, mm-hmm. I think that with a high functioning personality, it it can either regulate you, can overstimulate for the wrong person. But for me, it keeps me on like this nice radio frequency of just I'm in tune mm. and I love it. That's awesome. So, okay. Yeah, no, I, so, it, it's right, a nice so, marriage. So we're so we're labeling the, the cafeteria tables. Oh no. In high school. <laughs> and um your peak was freshman year president of yeah. student council. What would the what would the table be labeled? Uh, you know, I don't know. Pe- peaked in ninth grade. I, f- I I would probably have sat at seven tables at once and okay. trying to see everybody. All right. You know, like I can't be even my friends now. They're like, you can't be in the same place more than a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And I went away to Florida. I took a vacation. My mother's like, are you coming back to New Jersey yet? There's no way you're going to be out there for three weeks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm busy. I'm just busy in Florida. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you were a friend to everyone. Yeah. I I really, I, you know, I accept everybody. Yeah. I really like getting to know people. And I think that a part of my entrepreneurial spirit is just, you know, it's sales and it's, you know, personality. Like I've got the personality. I want to, I want to get to know people and I want to be able to sell my product to everyone, yeah. you know, whether it's women's footwear, I want to sell it to any everyone that has a foot regardless <laughs> of gender. <laughs> you want to be the best at whatever you're trying totally. to Totally. I go all the way. And I think you have to be authentic when yeah. you do that. Absolutely. So what 
So now, okay, so um, a friend to everyone in high school. You went to RBC. You, so you grew up in the area? Were you always in? Ocean my whole life. Ocean your whole life. Yep. So I, I went to Ocean my whole life. And then high school, I changed. You know, I have an identical twin sister. She wanted to play soccer. So she's like, we're going to RBC. We're going to get a great education. And I'm like, okay, well, I kind of don't want to leave my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it ends up being like it just worked out for me. And did it work out for her? Yeah. I mean, oh. she's so successful doing what she's doing. Um you know, you know, I think that independently, like, you know, right now, it was an opportunity for us to get out of the world that we were comfortable in and just identify ourselves as unique individuals, mm. which maybe we wouldn't have had that yeah. going to Ocean. Yeah. You know, we, had, you, we shared a lot of the same friends. I was going to say, did you feel, I know sometimes for twins, they feel like they're kind of in each other's shadow in a way, like they don't feel as... Um, She's my identical twin. And like, no matter how much we make an effort to not speak to each other. (laughs) It's impossible. It's it's like. Did you guys always get along? You know what? We're connected regardless. Yeah. So like, I know what, I know what you got going on (laughs) because I have the same thing going on. Yeah. So we can't get away from it. Wow. That's the bond. Was it just the two of you? And I have an older sister, Lisa. Yeah. So she actually, how cool is this? Has her yoga studio right up the street from the park. So she's right in front of Vicks which I'm so excited about, Ohana Yoga. Um, And it's just been like the vision of Bradley Beach, you know, a a part of being in business development, you have to have a vision of of what the town can offer and how are you going to contribute with, you know, being a coffee shop in town. And the the eclectic – Yeah, the community, exactly. And it's like the eclectic group of people and the the consumer right now, they're they're from all different ages. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a specific clientele just being two blocks up the street, you know. So the development specifically where we're located is really up and coming. And I'm excited to see – like what we're going to bring this this winter and this this summer even. You're right though. I think like we've definitely seen the shift happening in Bradley oh, yeah. for a while now and I think people are excited about it. You know, you hear people talking about even just moving into town. It's even from like a real estate perspective like it's a little bit more affordable for people that still want to be by the beach. Um, even though it's expensive. So it's cool that you have your sister there. So what was it like growing up? Did you grow up your whole life with your mom and dad at home? Were you, yeah. Okay. Um, what was ma- it like? Mom and dad. <laughs> Three girls. Yeah. I mean, they've <laughs> got their lot. personality. Like, yeah. you know, like I said, I was just in Florida and everybody in the in the community that they live in, they live on this golf course. Everyone's like, wait, mom and dad, you're the parent. You're the one, the daughter that has the parents. They have two separate houses. They live like five houses away from each other. They've just agreed to <laughs> just have a relationship. Where in like, Florida? Right in Florida. Same property. Just like, you know, same community, five houses away. Still married. Still married. You okay. know. Like, I, everyone's got their own vision. Of like, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. hey, it works for them. Yeah. So you know what? Um, they've both been very successful, driven, you know, business orientated. And I think that a lot of my discipline and and drive has come from my parents always putting 100% into everything that they do. Mm. And what like when do you remember that being instilled in you like young, you know, when you were younger, what were the things that were going on? I think it was like, you know, I I have to say the holidays, right? Like Christmas, you kind of like you want certain things or there is like this this feeling of need of a celebration and there was always like a limit to the happiness. Well, you can have five <laughs> presents, pick the five CDs that you want. Yeah. Like, Did or, they were they on the same page? Yeah, I mean you on saw. the same page but writing their own notes. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Their own like 
footnotes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a happy environment. I think it was my mother, um, you know, she came into this country when she was super young. She's from Argentina. My whole family's from Argentina. Oh, um, your dad's side too? My dad's side's from, no, he's American. So, you know, my da- dad's side's here, mom's side's in Argentina. So I think that just learning from a woman that just had a foreign background, there was just a different drive there in the house. You know, mm-hmm. there was a drive where it was like, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can be educated. And yes, you can chase after it and be an independent woman, but yet still be married and have your own room. Mm. <laughs> so they so they had separate rooms when you were growing up. You know, not until I think I went to college because I'm the only one that doesn't have a room anymore. Okay. <laughs> when, you go, when you go back home, you mean? But yeah. When I go back home, like I'm the only one that doesn't have a room <laughs> place to stay. I don't either if it makes you feel better. But like it was like, this is the risk taker. We're going to take your room because you're probably never coming back. <laughs> okay. That's one reason. Yeah. Right? Let me yeah. like to think. So, what, so I'm just curious, like because my family also came from – um, my whole family actually came from outside the U.S. And I agree with that, like, mentality. They didn't come from Argentina, but just this, like, re- really different work ethic and drive. Oh, yeah. And what, like, at time, how did your parents meet? What was – my mother was a travel agent. My dad was um, in the music industry running his business right in the, the agent – like, in the office right underneath the agency. Oh, okay. So, so the same – Proximity. Kind of like this building that I came to. <laughs> so many layers <laughs> of things going on. Did they have to walk up five flights five of stairs because the elevator's I broken? Love that. <laughs> like, ways. why didn't you tell yes. me that? <laughs> Um, so, so they met just happenstance cause they were working in the same, um, building and like, so did you see, uh, I always get off tangents. Did you see while you were growing up, like differences in the cultural piece of it? Because there is, it, I mean, it is. Different. I want to say public school, like really open my, like my first best friend I've ever had. Like I was what, five or six years old. He was black. Okay. And I'm like, for public school, like, you meet so many different people mm-hmm. that, like, when I went to Catholic school, the shift, yeah, uh, it was definitely stifling a little bit and kind of probably a little bit more culture shock for me. Not that I did not fit in. It was a matter of just there was there wasn't that that much of a diversity. And I think that being blessed to have gone to the elementary school that was right up the street, making friends with my neighbors. You know, I lived in a very um, religious community. Um, not everybody grew up in a, in a Syrian community. I was the only one that had like Christmas lights on the block because we're the only, we're Catholic, you know, but in, in ocean, in ocean, there was a huge Syrian population when you were growing up. Absolutely. Which okay. is still there. Okay. And, you know, my best friends, like even as little kids riding on little skateboards were Jewish. And my first best friend in my public, public school was black. And I thought that diversity really makes a person. Mm. It makes you well-rounded. You know, my dad had a company where he was, um, you know, manufacturing guitar pieces and it was always traveling to China and he would call it the Orient. Like, we can't say that now. Things mm-hmm. are different. And I think that that diversity really kind of gave me a broad you know, view on the world. The world like yeah. I can, I can do, I can do anything, whether it's selling women's footwear or, you know, like I was always driven in fashion, but I was always driven to, to sell something that I believe in right now. I think that we have the best cup of coffee in town. It's, it's truly a premium product. Um, and we always pour a perfect espresso, mm. you know, our one 
key thing that we do. Is the espresso? Is the espresso. And we have semi-automatic machines, so it's impossible to have a perfect pour. Mm. No matter where you go, somebody can, you know, whether they don't tam correctly or, you know, um, for us, we always have a perfect espresso. I don't th- – I've never had espresso. Well, you're going to because I <laughs> – you have a pound of it. So yeah. you have a – And then oh. my heart is going <laughs> to come out of my chest. Yeah. Or it might have know. the opposite effect. I don't know. Are you sensitive to caffeine? <laughs> but my husband does, so he will absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you'll get that's back to fine. me. Yeah, I'll get back to you. Um, we do have so, decaf, by the way. Yeah, that's probably better for me. Um, so, all right. So when you you had – what grade were you in when you made this first best friend that was a black? I was uh, first grade. So wait, first what, that, grade. That, that, that's like eight maybe? Yeah. yeah you, okay, yes. so I wasn't six. I was eight. Yeah, well, it's probably like six, seven. First grade is like six years old-ish, yeah. Okay. So um, – when you were growing up, like, so when that happened and also, I guess, or like later on, like, were there messages around about – this is interesting to me because I don't know if you grew up the same way, but, like, my family always taught me, like, you know, appreciate everyone, talk to everyone. But race wasn't specifically discussed. It, okay, yeah, I don't think it was specifically – I think I was just, like, taken back by going to Catholic school. Although I'm, I'm Catholic, I think that – being, you know, picking my outfits every day and being able to express myself and having my clique of friends that I grew up with. And then all of a sudden you're going to Catholic school. You have to wear this uniform. I, you know, actually got detention. The f- Like I got detention and put on probation from student council because I made a rap video. They made us make a video, like a, a song. Okay. And we chose – To get elected? No, to like just like in, in the religion school, like, okay, you can make a song and make your own prayer. So, okay. of course, I picked hip-hop. Yeah. And it was like, to the window, to the wall. <laughs> I mean, we made they it, did not like that. They did not like that. And I was like, to the blood drips down his face. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Like, they were offended. Yeah. And I like – that's probably why I was never on student council again. Like, she's a troublemaker. I was like, you told us we could pick anything. Yeah. They, well, you didn't have as much freedom. Didn't have freedom. Yeah. It was very – you know, and I accept all religions. I, you know, on Saturday night, I can have – you know, a, a Seder dinner. And, you know, the first internship I ever had was um, True Love Accessories and it was costume jewelry and it was wholesale. And that's kind of really where I learned to be disciplined in business because mm-hmm. my first job on the internship was like, they gave me a black Amex. Um, please come back. You've got to sell the collection you buy in the market to Forever 21. So mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like here's pressure. But I learned a lot. I learned, I learned how to sell. Yeah. You know, and how to make the connection with the per- with the buyer. So not every buyer is the same. Like you can't wait. Like, what's your sales pitch? I, it's unique. So it's almost like it sounds like sort of what you're saying is you a lot of your early experiences just getting out there and meeting lots of different people and getting to know different people and accepting all religions and races. Absolutely, and all the, it like sort of helped propel you to have like a lot of success with some of the things that you did. Yeah. I mean, with dealing with people right now in the service industry, you have to respect all kinds of people, understand them. And how is your product going to translate into what their vision of maybe coffee is? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we're definitely unique, but like I said, when you walk into the cafe, it is super modern. You know, it's not like a traditional earthy, crunchy coffee shop that you find on the shore. Um, you know, there's not a lot of green and there's not a lot of plants. It's modern. And our vision is to escalate the experience of having coffee. It doesn't always have to be, you know, country music or like I said, the earthy, crunchy to me is the best way to describe it. Cause although we're on the beach, we're not as like laid back as you would expect. Mm-hmm. And that's where people, um, during this pandemic, 
were like first to come to my shop because they just wanted to meet their friend over a cup of coffee. Like that was safe to them. Like that wasn't a you know a routine they were gonna sacrifice. Mm-hmm. They would sacrifice a lot of things. But I remember we were closed for six weeks. Um, we opened up the first of April in 2019. All of a sudden, we have our first year of business. Boom, the pandemic hits. You know, everyone's getting COVID. What do we do? I'm like, I have to reinvent myself. We have to, like I said to John, we have to reinvent ourselves. So we closed for six weeks and I went to work. I was like, what am I going to do different? Let's make this seamless, implement, you know, mobile app. Let's impl- let's modernize the menu a little bit where it's like instead of, you know, plated desserts and coffee where people were sitting down, we have to put it in a box now. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to ch- – up. you know, we have to – offer, you know, different things on this menu that people can just take with them when they purchase coffee. And that's where the brand kind of exploded in a beautiful way. And I'm very blessed for that. Because you shifted. We had to. There was, you know, for six weeks, it was definitely difficult six weeks, but I worked the hardest. I mean, down to the plexiglass, to the floor decals, to the, you know, the branding, the, the privacy boards, everything that we had implemented was so vital because it actually made the customer appreciate us a little bit more and they're like, we feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we took all of the you know ramifications we needed to make sure that we ran a, a, a COVID friendly environment and it, and it worked. And right now I think that, um, I think the words getting out the shore hit the summer was the best summer we've ever had. You know, it was so awesome to see the, like the logo in everyone's hand on the beach. Like there were, we do ice drinks very well. And it was awesome to see turnover just happening. It was just, you know, now it's like, you know, we minimized our hours a little bit. We're a little bit more focused. I think that the vision for this upcoming summer, I think that it's going to be insane. Hmm. People are just going to be you can out. tell You can tell from your energy and like I, I'm assuming similar for John, like just that there's so much passion behind like doing what needs to be done for the success of the business, but but so that the end user gets the best experience. You know what? John and I laugh <laughs> because he's a great eater and he's got <laughs> he's eater. a great eater. <laughs> you know, he's That's got a good title for someone he's, great eater. He's a great eater. He's got a real he's a great taste for everything. Mm. And I'm gluten-free. So my contribution to driving <laughs> I noticed the, there's a pretty long list of gluten-free. Gl- gluten-free. Like we're and, and the customers even know. Like they don't even know. They're like, we want that cheesecake though. I'm like, oh, the gluten-free one. They're like, really? That's gluten-free? So a part of that for me was like, all right, he's got great taste. Anything we're going to do is going to be super awesome because mm. and he can, he can find it and he'll get it and we'll make it happen. You know, I bring the, the relationships. We have a custom baker that does a lot of our gluten-free stuff that's unique so we can kind of be on trend for season. So both of us, we make a good team. You know what I mean? You know, Sounds he's like- older. He's a little bit more conservative, but he's with somebody that likes to take a risk. And, and I push the envelope a little bit with the look. And I think that it just, it works. Yeah. And people like that. That's awesome. That's really cool. So I'm curious, um, before we kind of leave the early childhood years of your experiences, like what what do you think, can you remember an experience, either an embarrassing moment or a pivotal moment that really, if you had to pick one from, you know, middle school through high school that short, sort of shaped you? Middle school through high school. Middle school through high school. Well, I feel like we we did we did tap into that because I like the the shaping, like I said, of just 
going from a, the, a public school system to a private school system, although I had a great private education yeah. and I'm blessed to have had that experience. Um, I think that shaped me a little bit more as an individual, especially being an identical twin. And I kind of came into my own at, at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that was like the, the first pivotal moment, you know, after 18, you know, I think that to to my twenties, I like I can only say college is the other experience. You know, you become an adult, you kind of have to figure out your own a little bit. What are you going to do? And when I graduated college with my business degree, I said I'm going to get a degree in business. Although I love fashion, I can do anything in business mm. if I know the fundamental formulas and what I need to do, like how to run a business. I can go into any industry. I was lucky enough to chase fashion throughout my college careers to get my first job you know, in the women's footwear business the minute I graduated. Mm. And I was with that company for six years. So like I said, like I think the high school experience, pivotal moment, college, second moment, and then first career, third moment. What do you think for people, you know, I I think most of the people who listen are probably, you know, not like teens, but they might, you know, might be their parents who are listening. And what, um, you know, what lesson did you learn or what, what, what advice would you give? Because there are a lot of kids that go from eighth grade to ninth grade. Either they go from public to private or oh, vice yeah. versa. And like, what do you think was something looking back that you would say, oh, this is what I would tell people? From eighth to ninth. Yeah. Like lesson learned or advice, whatever comes to mind. I would just say, you know, just be open-minded. You know, like I think right now a lot of people feel trapped in a routine or like I need to behave in this certain way or the world only works this way or, you know, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone because the sooner you do that, I think the better off you're going to be no matter what situation at any age. You're, you know, like mm-hmm. get out of your comfort zone and and learn to get uncomfortable because that's 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 reality. I think that's so true and I also think, you know, because we both grew up without cell phones in our hands yeah. and without the internet in our hands. And so I'm sure like a lot of anxiety existed when I was growing up, but I just think it's a whole nother level right now. And I think kids are so, they perseverate a lot, um, you know, on what people think of them. And you seem more like fearless most of your life. But for <laughs> someone who has that anxiety, like what, I don't know, I'm trying to think like what's something that, you know, it was just like a small step outside your comfort zone. Cause I was even talking, you know, I work in a school too. And I was talking to a student today and they have sought, they're having such a hard time stepping outside that comfort zone. And for me, I was sort of forced out of it. My mom was just like, go talk. Like, yeah, you get pushed. You get like pushed. The, yeah, you like, yeah. But, but there's a lot. So I, I don't know. I don't really I think know. Where it, I'm going, think the, an, I, I think the answer really is, is like, okay, fine. So like, if you're not just able to be independent enough to be like, I'm going to do something uncomfortable. I guess you're right. You yeah. know what? <laughs> How many people are going to wake up and be like, let me get uncomfortable today? Especially when you're 14. You no, know, no, true. It's hard. So I think that my advice then, in order to achieve that experience, would be like, chase what motivates you. Whether <laughs> I had an employee who said she gets a lot of anxiety, and I said, you know what? You need to listen to. You need to. Listen to Just Breathe by Fabulous. Okay. <laughs> you need to listen to Just Breathe by Fabulous. Yeah. I sent it to her. She went off to college. She's like, Chris, I'm going to remember this. Just breathe, girl. Like, just breathe. Are you breathing right now? Like, they get a lot of anxiety, even like working in the cafe, and there's like point of sale and there's customer experience, and then they have to produce the product. So I think, like, what motivates you? Like, is it music? Is it yoga? Is it, I don't know, like going to the gym? Like, if that's really what motivates you, then do what motivates you and try something a little bit different in your motivation, mm-hmm. whether it's a 
different um, exercise in your gym workout uh, so you can kind of push yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it a different yoga stance or, or yoga type of class or whatever? Like I think that if it's music, listen to a different genre just so you can kind of feel stimulated because I think that my passion comes behind the reality that coffee is a legal drug, right? And it does stimulate me but I'm high functioning and it helps me. And I think that you should find something healthy that you believe in. Um, obviously don't overconsume it, but you know, if it motivates you, try to tap into that and, and, and try something different, w- different within that genre. That's, I think that's great advice actually. Cause it's like still going outside your comfort zone, but within, within a comfort zone. Like I've never had anything other than a black cup of coffee. Really? Yeah. And then I I discovered espresso and then I was like, I have to try the latte and I have to know how to make the cappuccino macchiato. You know what I mean? Like, so for me, I was straight up like, wow, okay, I don't like this. Maybe I'm not into the flat white. I mean, I don't like a lot of dairy. And and then you just discover it's that's art, really, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that 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 that's craft? Well, and it's it's life. Yeah, like, it's like just too. testing things out and seeing what works. I like I, I feel like also you know, and you, I I think you could probably attest to this. And a lot of adults, like you, think you kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, now I'm coasting, but really, you're never coasting, or never. at least most people. Um, you know, you kind of always chase the next thing. You're excited about something new to challenge you, and I I think. That's what makes life interesting. Absolutely. Right? And you've been through so many experiences. So you went to co- – where did you go to college? Um, I did one year at Johnson & Wales and then I transferred and finished and got my business degree at Monmouth. Oh, okay. What were you thinking with Johnson & Wales? Were I was you- like hospitality. Okay. You know, let me do – let's – and then I'm like, all right, let's take a shift. It's too specific. And mm-hmm. I kind of just was like I, – I like the business aspect, the general business aspect. And that's even an important lesson because a lot of yeah. a lot of high school kids think they have to know what they're going to major in, what yeah, they're going to do. Yeah, you don't. You know, I mean, it's anything. okay to go for a year and decide it's not for you. I failed accounting twice, and I I was like, all right, this is going to take me a minute. Mm-hmm. And now now I'm a numbers junkie. Like now numbers <laughs> is my thing. See, like this is like another awesome thing. Like for them yeah. to know, like you, oh, know? you can fail out of math and still like go to business I, school. I know, like I'm totally dyslexic with that. And then mm-hmm. I didn't understand formulas, and I'm like, all right, I failed it. And then my mother's like, you're paying for the second class. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what what do you think kept you going just because you knew you wanted to do business? You know what? I think that I just – I have an obsession with the dollar sign. <laughs> you had to figure it out. I had to figure it out. Like, there should never be a Ch- negative. Ch- Chase, what, <laughs> Chase what's really interesting to you. Yeah. And just keep going. And, yeah. And I think that's that's a good lesson. I mean, there's so many little – even though we went through them quickly, but there's so many good pieces there. And I think everybody everybody needs that once in a while, a reminder that like you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to – Get it right. And I think especially because we talk, you know, I talk to so many businesses. I think a lot of people just see the outside. Oh, look, perfect perk. They're like doing amazing. They've probably never failed. Right? But when you start <laughs> like, a business, it's, it's like so, mistake after mistake after yeah, mistake. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're 29, it's 2019 and you opened up a whole new store from what he had for 13 years. And you know, d- the volume is different. The brand is different. The product line is different. We're we're out there trying to, you know, serve the community and and serve a purpose. You can come, you can work, you know, from the table if you want and independently do whatever it is or meet for a friend for a cup of coffee. Um, I have a lot of moms that's like a part of their routine. Like in the summer, they're like walking the baby in the stroller, they're getting their iced coffee. Runners, after they work out, they're getting the cold brew. Eye opener, which is like the most caffeinated drink. The you know, coffee with the shot of espresso is like such a popular sell from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Mm. So it's like interesting to see that we're fulfilling a need for so many different types of people. And then not to disrespect, 
you know, non-coffee lovers, we still have caffeine-free. Mm-hmm. Our chai is caffeine-free. We have a great assortment of teas that are caffeine-free. That's what free. I usually get, the, <laughs> chai lattes. The chai lattes. And, or we have decaf espresso, so mm-hmm. you can still experience our signature lattes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we're there. We're out there. Like, coffee is a way of life. Yeah. It's a love language. Um, you know, it brings a lot of different people together. together. Mm-hmm. That's That's what's cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you went to, so you finished at Mammoth and what, and then you went and did the six years in the foot and fashion industry? Footwear. Yep. So I did that for six years. And like I said, I mean. What is that actually like? Tell me like, walk through a day. Like what is it? Okay. So like what state am I in? Like, you know, am I in LA? Am I in Texas? It depends what state I'm in because all my buyers were, you know, throughout the US, you know, um, so it was interesting to travel, you know, DSW out of Ohio. Um, you sit in front of the buyers, you discuss, you have to, you know, show them your collection, whether the trend is denim, you know, rodeo boot or, you know, s- single sole stilettos. You know, you're representing a collection that you sourced the market throughout China for, right? Um, and we figured out here's the collection, let's sell it, whether it's branded or non-branded, you know, private label. We're designing a line just for Burlington. They tell us what we want. We put it together. Was that stressful? Like, it right was out like of, awesome. Right out of college, though? It, was, it seems like an intense It was position. intense. It was intense, but I loved the intensity. I loved the the fast pace. And I was like, wow, if anybody's going to find a cure for cancer, it's got to be the people in the fashion industry. We're like, how many years ahead? Mm-hmm. Working, you know, yeah, no, how yeah. many years ahead? All right? And I was like, wow, these are the hard work, most hardworking people I've ever met. Again, total diversity. It was the youngest one in the company, you know. Was it easy? I I always envision, I don't know why, I guess maybe just media, but I always envision the fashion industry being so cutthroat. Like I would never make it because I would want to make friends with everybody. And like, I would imagine that people would be like, I think the fact that I was the youngest one in the company, not a little ego boost, great, but I had a lot to prove and I did. And I grew every year. And I think that Really, you know what it was? I was my first trade show in Vegas and I sold my first opening order. So here it is. They just hired me. I was actually s- selling branded footwear, Splendid. And my first opening order was $150,000. Wow. And I was like, I gave it That's to my big deal. I gave it to my president. I was like, here, and I want eventually my phone numbers to look like, yeah. you know, or my paychecks look like phone numbers. <laughs> and she was like, just keep doing that. She's like, can you do that again? I was like, can't wait. When's the next collection coming out? You were hungry. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, and you have to you be have wanting, to be. wanting to learn and wanting to like. Did you also feel like, you know, again going back to the anxiety and making mistakes? You know, did you feel like? eager and f- like okay with the idea of making mistakes knowing that you were coming in the youngest person. Yeah, I'm going to have to make a mistake. I'm like, wait, I was always waiting. Like, what mistake am I going to make? But I, you know what? Like, it wasn't even a fear. It was almost like the reality of like, I'm going to mess up today somehow. Mm-hmm. It's, you just whether, assumed. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, it's going to happen and I know I'm going to have to own it and I'm going to own it and if I don't even know about it, I hope somebody tells me that I made a mistake. What was that? I mean, I feel like that's Important, but I also think it matters who your boss is. So, what was your boss like? That was like she was conservative. So, I knew that probably my adventurous, risk taking behavior might have like cost me my job because she was so conservative and like really. She would promise, you know, I was in sales, so I'd have to hit a certain amount and I I kept hitting it. And I was like, all right, so for how long am I going to have to do this? Because I'm not waiting a year longer. And after waiting do, for what? what like for a promotion that okay. I was, you know, reaching that promotion. What's the next level? You were chasing. Yeah. yeah. And as I was promised that for a year, I'm like, I hit this, like, I'm ready to go. And I had another president within the same company. We had different divisions. He was like, 
you know, hey, do you know anybody looking for a job or hiring for this brand within the company? I was like, uh, yeah, me. And she felt so disrespected that I took the opportunity to go work for another president. But listen, it, he offered me more money. But it was a, it was a different company. It right? was the same company. Oh, same company. So she felt like I, you know, I kind of went around, went around her. her. But I, you know, hey, I mean, this is business, right? So, and, and I you did, didn't feel you didn't feel like uncomfortable because you were, I guess, at this point, you were like 23, 24. Yeah, I was so young. I was like twenty three, and I was like, you just didn't care. You just I, went for it. Yeah, I went for it. No hard feelings. This is business. Well, I I, I sense that part of you going for it was about you knowing what your value was. Yeah, it was about just knowing the reality. Like, yeah. if I have to do this all over again, it's going to come at this, you know, like, and I, it just, that was, listen, it, it, I created the opportunity. Actually, I was in the right position at the right time. And I think that regardless, if if you can, whether create your opportunity or chase your reality, you just have to go for it. Just yeah. go for it. That's good. That's really good. So what, what, um, what was it like going, like switching within the company? Didn't have too much interaction with her. I mean, I did. I interacted with her quite often and I was Was respectful. And, you know, we eventually had the conversation over the phone and she just said, you know, I, I know you're, you're fearless. You'll shake anybody's hand. And I said, and this is nothing personal. Like we just, we have to just keep doing what we're doing and we're one company. There's just multiple divisions. So I'm actually continuing to work for the same company, just a different division. It sounds like she like respected you. And you, ha- and you have to. Like, yeah. I, th- I think that the reality is, and she was a great president. She's super knowledgeable. I learned a lot of things from her. I love the way she composed herself. And she, um, she definitely was a leader in her own right. So I think at the end of the day, there's no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like uh, something I've always taken with me. Like I say it to my staff all the time, just whatever you got going on, like, you know, leave your bullshit at the door, mm-hmm. leave it at the door. This is, we're talking about coffee now. And so any changes impact in operations or, you know, promotions or recognitions, like it is because of um, the, the, the talent and the ability of the person to produce and, ac- and exercise that responsibility. This has nothing to do with personality or, you know, favoritism and, you know, personal issues. Like, I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. I know about my, you know, team being able to produce and chase things that I, I expect them to, to execute and they do it. You know, they all have their unique ability. Some of them are a little bit more shy and others, like, they've just learned to respect each other. And just kind of exercise their their own little personality. Their ca- characters are awesome. Mm. They're they're super hungry too. I think everybody on my team really kind of just executes the brand's mission the right way. Like the perfect perk is, you know, a place. It's a modern cafe for coffee, cake, and croissants, mm. but for all kinds of people, mm-hmm. all kinds of people. Yeah, and it sounds like too from your experiences that you. Um, also have created a culture based on your ex- personal experiences. Oh, absolutely. Like every- So like the good and the bad of different like things you've learned along the way, would you say? Yeah. I mean, like you can go up to the, the cafe and you'll have like a mom and dad sitting in the corner and then you have like the cutest old couple. Like that's like their little retirement routine where they go get their like <laughs> coffee and cookie. No, for real. And then, you know what I mean? And then you'll have like my crazy friends that'll probably be coming in starting starting drama in the corner for their cold brew. Um, but <laughs> but and, and, and also the work culture too. I mean, yeah, like the environment there. I, you but- know, I have a young crew. Like, yeah. My crew is like my youngest, hardest worker, Jalissa. She's 16. She's so loyal to the game, rides her bike every day to work, like so loyal. Um, she's 16 and she's already a key holder. And then I have, you know, my, my eldest is like 28. 
So, I mean, yeah, they're all different in their own way. Um, but, and they're young. I mean, they're, they are young. I guess I'm the, I'm the oldest one aside from John, you know, when John's in his, I, he would kill me if I say his age, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. So where along the way did you develop sort of how you were going to create this work environment, this culture that, um, you know, makes other people that are working for you, especially 15, 16, 17 year olds hungry. Yeah. You know what I think? I really think it's the, that, that modern, you know, vision I have, like being, you know, in charge of, of like of the brand, right? Like creative development. I have to execute a look and I have that look, whether my look every day, and this is funny because everyone listening to it is probably going to be like, she wears black every day. Yeah. I wear black every day because it can help me focus. <laughs> but you know, they're like coffee ninjas and they saw that. They saw how cutthroat I was. They saw how serious I was. They saw how knowledgeable I was about the product. I mean, I knew nothing. I could tell you, you know, everything about a shoe. And then when it came to coffee and latte, like I, I had to give birth to it. I had to study it. I had to, you know, understand the machine, the equipment, the product, source it. And I really had to live it. I think that they see somebody that's so devoted to the game. Like, you know, coffee literally is in my veins. They're like, wow, this girl is all day loving the coffee life. She thinks about coffee 24 mm-hmm. seven. So how did it happen? How did you go from shoes to? Where- I just made the switch. I mean, like, so, you but know, did you, did you think about it actively? Like at, you said six years, I think. Yeah. So I, after year. that, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to stay local. I was traveling 10 months out of the year and I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? I kind of living from hotel to hotel was a little crazy. Let me stay in New Jersey. Cause I was commuting out of New Jersey anyway. Anyway, I was living in Bradley Beach this whole time. Um, I said, let me just stay local. My mother needed help at her Mexican restaurant in Long Branch. So I said, all right, let me take over that. Let's see what we can do. Because Long Branch is you know, up and coming. We're right in front of the train station. She really needed somebody that can kind of just like master point of sale and just handle operations there. And like, I'm in, like I said, I'm a numbers junkie. I kind of chased it. Um, while I was doing that, I was still having co- a cup of coffee in Bradley Beach before I'd even go to Long Branch. And I'm like, you know, like that one conversation I had with John kind of opened up a lot of doors for me. So that was just from like meeting each other yeah, randomly? That, exactly. So it was like in just- In the shop. Yeah. I mean, just being a customer and demanding my coffee before 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then you kind of said like let's do this. Let's you just do it. Well, coincidentally, him, like, he was like, "I'm moving up the street." I'm like, "Okay, I'm working in Long Branch. You know, give me the floor plan. Let me look at the blueprints. Let me understand like from inception of like where are you going to place the barista to what kind of equipment are we going to get to what kind of product line? How are the tables going to sit? So so did you know before you met him? Did you know you were leaving fashion? Yeah, I mean, we all got our notice. We all got laid off. Okay. So I was like, all right. So we have time. What are we going to do? You know, time is of the essence. But when you're hungry in sales, you're like, you needed to have your next move ready. Mm. And I think I was just like ready to stay in New Jersey. You know, and I think it was the right decision because look at so many years later where, you know, we opened in 2019 at the cafe, you know, who would have expected that COVID would have happened so soon. And I was kind of happy to be in New Jersey already, like, you know, station, like I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And 
I'm going to help. Even my you know, mother's Mexican restaurant, it's still a small business. Still a small business. I was going to say, do you still help her yeah, out? I'm, yeah, like, like I'm, a, it's still a small business I'm proud to be a part of. And I think that this is what's really cool is that these like little restaurants that have value and a product that people want, like let's keep giving it to them until, you know. I already ha- – oh, so we can have your mom on. We can have your right, sister so it's like, on. But I, I mean I don't – I only have like family, 95 followers on family, Instagram, but it's like stilettos <laughs> to chimichangas to coffee you, beans. You are um, like a family of entrepreneurs. All of us. And I mean, I think that's what's cool about like coming from my background. I feel like a lot of like we're independent women. Um, you know, there's you can do anything. Just just keep on just doing what you love. And I was going to say, like, you're a family of entrepreneurs, but also like you sort of have bounced around. Like you haven't always you yourself haven't always been entrepreneur. I'm like, what am I going to do next? Figured it out. I, I know. And it was like just happened to happen because of a conversation about wanting your coffee. Yeah, earlier. just keep. That's what I'm saying. Listen, keep conversations <laughs> keep, going. Keep them going. Like. You know, meet everyone you can. Get out of your comfort zone. Have conversations with people. Like I was in Florida in Fort Myers. Yes, my family they live on a golf course, and like it's there. I feel like seventy percent they're retired. But this like old guy was having his like Budweiser, and he's like, "Can I sit next to you?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." And he's like, "Well, my iPhone has to do an update tonight." And he just went off the <laughs> IT lingo. I was like, "I just lost my phone and didn't back it up for three years, <laughs> so I'm screwed." <laughs> but you should like, I was yeah. impressed. Yeah, I was impressed. He's like the so simple it goes to the cloud i'm like duh 70 year old yeah and i messed up so listen you should just have conversations with people yeah which is easier for like the older crew i think the older generation yeah than, i like, do the younger i mean you know, anybody the teenagers else are like they they use their phone as like a safety blanket and listen i learned because like i said my staff is young and i know they need their cell phone like they'd rather text talk me through an issue mm-hmm. how do i reset or um how do i adjust this you know and i'm like wow they're learning they're they really want to know via reading it Versus communicating on the phone, I have to respect that. You know, I just it challenges me to just have my phone glued and like kind of learn how to communicate, communicate. that way. Mm-hmm. It's like customer service. You know, that's a, a position that perhaps I need to just expand a little bit more. And and that's why I'm not I'm not closed out to it. I'm like, all right, keep your phone. Here's your designated spot for the cell phone. Let's be IT responsible. I mean, I need to have my phone on me from seven to three when the store is open. Mm-hmm. I run a retail shop. It's retail, not wholesale. So you always have to be on. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning too. Listen, they help me learn a lot. I learn a lot. That's from- a big. That's a big part of it too. Just learning from because I feel like sometimes it's easy to think like you know everything. Like, you yeah, know, like you, no that you know more than like a 16 or 17. But you're always going to learn from everyone. I mean, around they're like you. they're learning coding, and I'm like, wow. Can you? Yeah, that, tell- <laughs> that wasn't a, uh, an option in high school. <laughs> like, what you're learning coding? What are you going to do coding with? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. What do you think? Um, I don't. I'm kind of just like throwing question from left field. What's the best lesson you've learned from your dad? Because we talked about your mom. Yeah. Um, I think the best lesson Andy, my dad, taught me. Um, <laughs> he would point to his head and he's bald. And I'm like, how did you get bald hair? I would ask that forever since I was a little <laughs> girl. And he's like, from all the places I travel, this is what makes the world go round. <laughs> and I'm like, what does that mean? And you know what? Like just getting older, like things that happen to me and I'm like, that's what makes the world go round. Like, mm-hmm. I hope I'm never balding, but that's what makes the world go round. So I feel like he just taught me like, 
there's so much shit that's going to happen and you better just be prepared for the unexpected. You better be resilient. You better stay strong. Things that would happen. Like I was stuck in a hurricane one time with my mother and you know, my aunt was with me too. And my aunt was always calling my, my dad and, and my mom was always talking about, I'm like, does he want to talk to me? He's like, I know you're strong. You can take it. I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> that's funny. So he was more worried about your mom. Yeah. He was worried about everybody else. And like, does it, what what, tr- when you say stuck in a hurricane, like, Let's let's unpack like this. Hurricane for a Irma. When was that? <laughs> was like, I was like just laid off. This was, was so you were in your twenties. Yeah. No. Wait. Was I, yeah. I was in my twenties. Yep. Some, yeah. I was in some my tw- late twenties or something. <laughs> yeah. And you were in a car. No, I was like in Fort Myers, Florida, at the house. We literally take off to Newark, and we get the notification on our phone like Hurricane Irma is coming to hit Florida. I'm like, this is my first vacation. I'm laid off. I kind of didn't want to have this happen right now. Let's just go to <laughs> Vegas. Like, can we just fly <laughs> out? Wait, west? you were already in the air. We're already like about to take off, like on the tarmac. Oh, you are still okay. So <laughs> then it was crazy. So I'm they like, didn't let we, you take off. We could run. My mother's like, no, I'm going to Florida. My aunt's like, I'll go to Vegas. I'm like, no, no, we we can't leave her alone. So we flew into a category. I think it was a four. And it was like the scariest thing ever. I mean, we landed. We had 24 hours to get water. We were, wait, we were going from Jersey to Florida? Yeah. So you were driving into the hurricane. We made the most disgusting decision of our lives. And I don't think that the, she had the option. So, wait, wait, but the pl- so the plane actually decided to take off? Yeah, we had 24 hours. So we, it wasn't – I mean, they took that. We were probably like the last flight before okay. they scary. called. <laughs> You're the last emergency. flight we're going to allow to go. To come in. And then in category of, four. I already landed in Florida. Like there was no water. You know, there was nothing on the shelf. And I'm like, this is really serious. We were going to have to bunker down and we like meal prepped. We made it through and we were blessed. But I mean, we went through the eye and everything. We had no power for a couple of days. This was your vacation. That was, thank you. I'm laid <laughs> off. <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> oh my goodness. So I mean, listen, I be resilient. He that's, taught me to be that, resilient. That, that's, Just, that's crazy. I'm tough. I can deal with it. There's nothing that's going to bring wow. me down. Um, any other crazy stories? Like I her, mean, I'm third in my life. Like I, other yeah. than that, it's like now I take a vacation. I just came back from one, and we have an agreement. My mother and I. I'm like, I'm gonna not be around you <laughs> for a vacation. <laughs> was it too much? It was too much. I'm like, I'll see you for the holidays. Like, I can take my vacation whether way I want. <laughs> so she was with you? Yeah. I mean, at this last vacay, I was by myself, which was great. And I really appreciated that time. It was – so we have an agreement and it works. And and like I said, so growing up, like even if you're in a marriage or in a relationship, just know what you want in the relationship. You can live next to each other five houses <laughs> down if that works. Just be independent. Yeah. So – I think most importantly, out of just like talking about my business, the cafe, and you know, being a part of the community, I think that entrepreneurs, I mean, young adults, like teens, just stay focused. Whatever you know, whatever motivates you, tap into that. You know, as long as it's healthy and, and be disciplined. You know, get out of your comfort zone and try different things. And if that's weird and awkward at first, because I know anxiety is something that everyone has right now. I think that yeah, you just need to tap into what motivates you and 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 and, and turn it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Turn it up. And it sounds I feel like I'm saying that a lot. Oh well. So <laughs> sorry if I am. Um so so you also seem like the type to not really worry about what everyone else is doing around you, which is another thing that people yeah. can tend to focus on when they're looking to have success in a certain area. 
And would you say that that, you, you know, do you see that in other people? Do you see that in the kids that work in the cafe? Are they like so focused on what this person's doing and that person? I mean, they definitely have their own personalities. I don't focus too much on their personality as much as like their contribution. And I think what they all have um, in common really is their ability to accept their own diversity because they're so different. You know, everyone has a different background. I've got an awesome employee. She's from Italy, Natalie, who rocks the house. She's from Colombia, recommended by her mother, who was my first new hire ever since we opened the doors. And she's like, I'm going to bring my daughter. And, and listen, like, there's so many walks of life. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like I said, John and I are very different. But at the end of the day, he's old school Italian and I'm whatever you want to call me. But <laughs> like, I think that they respect. Yeah, they respect each other. And they, they like, appreciate their differences. They're not. Uh, yeah. To- and, and they're like, they're cool with that. They like that's they love that. You know, they learn from each other. And again, I think it's the cr- the culture that you create, like yeah. the environment that you really make happen. Like New York City is, you know, the epitome of the city that just has like, you know, a multitude of, 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 you know, backgrounds mm-hmm. in one city. And I love the city because the, the pace that the feeling that you get when you're there, it's so high. It's, it's so high when you come to Bradley. It's a little bit more sleepy, but the diversity that we're able to bring as a coffee shop really has brought the community together because there's so many walks of life coming through that door. Mm-hmm. And if you see it from behind the counter to the opposite, to the customer side, like the diversity that we get is, is, is super cool. It's what makes Bradley Bradley. Yeah. In right. A lot of ways. Right yeah. now. I mean, there's yeah. so many people, like I said, coming from Asbury Park, different towns from Ocean Grove. Mm-hmm. I've got loyal people from Ocean Grove. That's I have awesome. people coming down from the city and they're like, this is my my coffee shop when I'm on the shore. And I'm like, yes, cool. That's, it makes me, it makes me happy. Listen, I love New York. I think that the shore is awesome that we're on the shore and we can offer the best of both worlds. Like that modern taste yet two blocks from the beach is, is fire. Mm. That's, it's so cool that, like I said, I, you know, I know we talked about it, but it's just so cool that it just happened because you said you wanted your coffee before 10 a.m. And I now I'm getting it and I can't – like every day I wake up at 5 o'clock, I'm like 6 a.m. I want my double espresso mm-hmm. iced over oat milk. And now you get it. And now Just I can – Because you asked for it. Right. <laughs> I've been, I've been, always have a great cup of coffee. <laughs> I've been dying to ask you – like obviously people who are listening to this don't see, but – the tattoos on your hand. Yes. These Will are. Will you tell us what they're yes. for? These are. When did you get them? I got them when I was doing in the Mexican restaurant. So, like, I was just laid off, do, you know, helping my mom out at the Mexican restaurant. And um, I kind of was just like, all right, it's it's time for me to take a little bit of a risk with a look and an edge. And one of my good friends is tattooing for over 40 years. He's right up the street from my Mexican restaurant. I just texted him. I said, I'm getting, I'm getting tattoos. He's like, where? And I said my hands. He's like, really? And because usually I'm conservative with what I show off. And Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, what are you going to do? I'm like, ring finger, I'm getting married to my religion, number one. And my these triangles here are just the the elements of life, earth, you know, fire, water, Hmm. air. Are you really spiritual? I think that everyone needs to be spiritual, whatever it is. How do you you practice it for yourself? You know, Christianity was always a thing. I went to Catholic school. I believe in, you know, God, the whole thing. Um, 
I think that self-meditation and, and and being like that inner warrior is kind of where my religion's at. Whether I connect to nature, earth elements, horoscopes, I just need to be self-motivating. Whatever's positive, I'm going to chase that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that being open to all those kind of views is important too. Mm-hmm. It kind of grounds you. I mean, who doesn't like a good self-motivating quote? Yeah, I love them. I, it's, it's like that's <laughs> something I have to chase. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to go on Instagram, who's got a really good quote that I can cop? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Throw it on a yes, T-shirt. I love that. That's awesome. Um, we'll have to share people that we follow for those on Instagram. Oh, I'm definitely. always looking for new people. So, all right. So the rebrand happened what year? Uh, 20. So it was kind of like one year before we opened doors. 2018, we're in stages of development. 2018. And he had the other – place for 13 years before that yeah and rebranded 2018 and now you've been with him since then yeah so we opened um officially the first of april on his birthday april fools okay doors open (laughs) so april 1st 2019 we're open to the public we're like okay here we go one year in covid hit we're closed for six weeks and then we're open again and we've never been closed ever since. We just – we kind of got really smart and and figured out what can we do differently. But yet, let's keep this thing popping. And my staff has been great. I've got my one employee, the longest, like I said. Her now daughter works with us. Um, You know, another young girl, Adriana, who's awesome. She's been with us since I think she was 18. She's I, – I don't even know if she's 21 now. I'm sure she is. But, you know, like – A lot of loyal people. They're just so freaking loyal. Like, I love it. And they're happy to come to work. Like, I see a smiling face mm-hmm. and I'm like – that's awesome. <laughs> well, it's part of what you create, like we right. talked about. Right. So where's where do you and John see the business in, say, five years? Um. Okay, good. Good question because five years was our agreement to grow the brand for this one physical location. That was definitely our commitment. What is the five-year business plan? Because like I said – that's his property and we have to capitalize. We've got, you know, the vision of Bradley Beach. We've got a new apartment um, complex opening right in front of us coming in November. That's going to drive traffic. Our vision after five years, um, you know, within the five-year plan, there are so many layers to what, how we want to grow the one location. But after five years, we're like, where are we going to go next? So the plan is already expansion. Oh, I mean, we have to. We mm-hmm. have to because I am so busy and I want my cup of coffee. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wherever, wherever you are. <laughs> so when you say expand, is it is he thinking like mo- within – and maybe it's not something you're really sharing, but within Mammoth, outside of Mammoth? You know, it's something I've thought about and I'm like, okay, you know, do I want you – know, maybe I want this one. Maybe this will be my full baby because this is really is his baby. You know, I just kind of executed – the, the the vision. And I'm happy to be a part of that because that's a the huge pro- process. Like I've been giving birth. I've made a lot of sacrifices. You know, my first vacation wasn't until the first, you know, three years of working this. Okay. Um, you know, day in, day out, trying to figure out the hours of operation from putting the vinyl graphics on the wall to doing the Instagram, like to name it, a job, payroll, scheduling there. I do it. And I think now um, I'm like, all right, I kind of want my own store. And like, you know, we'll still be in this together because obviously we're going to share the brand. But I think to expand, I kind of would like to kind of nurture my own baby. And Start my own from way. scratch on your own. Yeah. Like together, to, to, but to, like but – Yeah. I, mean, I like, know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like you can have your store. There's going to be my store that I may own. Maybe I find a, a piece of property that I want to invest in and maybe I'll chase it. I don't know if that will be in state, Mammoth or out of out of Mammoth. But I definitely have been scoping. I'm taking this time now to figure out where could it be. It's brewing. Yo, it's so in brewing. In your head. Like it's <laughs> – we already grinded it out and it's like done with that. Now it's brewing. <laughs> All right. That will be my only clever conversation comment probably ever <laughs> ready to start um, <laughs> so um 
any anything that would change within or do you, do you guys feel like you're staying within this coffee and like pastry kind of world um i think within the the coffee shop specifically what would i don't i don't i wouldn't change anything i mean there's so many elements that are always changing but like you also have to cater we were talking earlier before we went on of like i even go and get inspiration from a dunkin donuts in a different state or starbucks any change i would do to the brand it would just have to serve the community in that community in that element of where it's located. Maybe it's only mobile. Maybe, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have semi-automatic machines. Maybe, you know, there is some sort of mobile app experience where the customer can just tap and touch and order themselves instead of personally placing their order. Like just as you go to the airport, like you take in a coffee order, you're just kind of tapping a a tablet and they're going to make that macchiato the way they, you know, at the beanery, the way they're, they're going to serve it, the way you punched it in. So I think um, depending where it's located, that tailoring that experience for the customer, maybe it's takeout only and there's no dine-in. Right now, like the cafe in Bradley Beach, super modern. There's so many nice elements to the shop it that just, you can it lounge. Works, and it works there. Yeah, you can lounge there. Mm-hmm. You know, outdoor fire pit. You know, one summer we did the tables in the parking lot. If we want to throw a band out there, we could. But so, cool. yeah, you know, to be continued. To be continued, for sure, to be continued. I think what's so important, too, for, like, entrepreneurs that might be listening, like, you really – you guys have really perfected, it seems like, the idea of getting to know the clientele, the area, what's needed. You know, some people might come in with their own passionate idea, not have any Any, idea what is actually – desired, you know, mm-hmm. what what the client wants, and then it fails, you know, or maybe doesn't. But I think you that's a big part of what it seems yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, he was on the shore on. for how many years? Like, you know, 13 plus years. Yeah. So he's, he he knows the town inside out. For me, you're the, I mean, you're I, the creative I'm, juices. Really. Yeah, I'm like, I'm here. I've grown up here. I know, you know, New Jersey so well. I see a vision as well. So with his knowledge and background of, of you know, what it is, reality and opportunity, um, my background of, you know, definitely seizing opportunity, but like having my finger on the, on the pulse of mm-hmm. knowing change and knowing what to implement, I think it was just a good yin it and seems, yang. Yeah, really good. And and the fact that you take risks, if, if yeah. maybe he's a little bit more conservative and it just works. And I think that's a big part of it too, right? You have to find someone, if you're going to, you know, create a team. Yeah. It has to work. And and not that you, you know, maybe some people look for someone identical to them, but really you want someone who's gonna bring something totally different. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I like that like I like somebody showing me the other side. You, you know, you challenging here. Yeah, you have to see mm-hmm. it because you know what? You're not always right. You have to be able to respect somebody else's vision and being a part of business is, is just that. It's just learning to agree to disagree. And being humble, maybe. Uh, yeah. That, like, you're not going to always know the right thing. No, absolutely and- <laughs> not. Like, you know, so I think that just – and you'll you'll learn that along the way with being able to accept different people and, and consistently engaging in conversations that are positive, tapping into what motivates you and, and taking risks. Staying open-minded. Yeah, staying open-minded. About, yeah. You have to. Yeah. That's awesome. So I feel like we've covered so much um, and there's probably even more we could get into. And I think you guys are growing now. So, you know, maybe in a couple of years we'll have you back and we'll have more to talk about. Maybe John will come. Right, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we'll have to get him in. Like, we'll have to get him in on a three-way combo because maybe we'll where he's going to be at. But I was going to say, we could always come to him maybe right, if he's like, go. you know, on the beach or something. So the last thing that I do is just the same five questions at the end to every guest. Um, I call it I call it my fast five. So the first is your current guilty pleasure. Over consuming in coffee. 
Overconsuming. Like I should probably have three shots of espresso less a day. <laughs> oh wow, that's a lot less. A, a, lo- a lot less. So how many are you currently consuming? Right today, I only had four because I haven't. <laughs> had, but I probably should have just had one. No, I haven't had it in three weeks, and I was like jonesing for that. I got in. I got in late last night from Florida, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot wait to have a shot of espresso. I cannot. And I was like holding off on it because I didn't want to try different. I just was having black. Look, cop coffee, just keeping it to one cup. And wow, I mean, when I had that first shot, like I said today, it was gone in 2.5 seconds. So I probably should drink a lot less coffee. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure I have. I'll put it in ice cream. I love it. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it's in desserts. Like I'll pour it over a, a, a cookie, a gluten free cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you can. Anything I can. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's a problem. <laughs> All right. Um, so how about favorite? Shop item, so it could be what a pastry, or I guess for you maybe it's espresso. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. But specifically, I'll say if, I'm, if you're gonna ask me which one, my favorite, it's the blonde. She's um, the lightest roast, so smooth. I put it over oat milk, and it tastes like it's like a sweetener. It's like a honey. It's like a grown up. You know, I don't even know what grown-up version of a cocktail. I don't even know. Have you ever had horchata? That Mexican drink, horchata. I feel like I have, I and know. it's white. I think I have. I mean, you can get funky with that drink because, of course, the Mexican restaurant, we, we sell the horchaza like with a little Baileys. I could probably do a, a double blonde over oat milk and a shot of Baileys over on, on Christmas. I'm probably going to have that with breakfast. <laughs> it sounds good to me. <laughs> Maybe you can have like little cards for people like this is how you can make this. And like, when we're out of this, the blonde, I lose my mind. I'm like, we need to overbuy on the blonde. Please just overbuy. Now you're definitely going to run out. So. Oh, I know because I'm, I'm back in town. <laughs> And you just announced it, so everyone's going to want to go try <laughs> yes. it. Um, who would you love to have a meal with, living or dead? What? Living or dead? Oh, no way. Living or dead? Maybe Hugh Hefner. Hmm. <laughs> I want to know why. Yeah, He got buried next to Mar- uh, Marilyn Monroe. That he like bought that plot for like nothing while he was like – he bought it so many years ago. He got buried next to her. I at, didn't know that. Yeah. And it was amazing. I think he only paid 10000 for it. I might be wrong on what he paid for it, but that's where he got buried. And I just like want to know what that life is like. Like he was how old still living that life? Yeah, it's crazy. Like how – I don't even know how old he was when he died. It was late 80s or 83. I mean he he did a lot – of amazing things for the adult industry that I'm always so impressed with at his age, and he still has so many bunnies in the house. Yeah, like, that's yeah. You never. That's really, crazy. Like, it's sort of an like he was never like I'm tired. Leave me alone. Let me go to my own room. <laughs> no, just more bunnies. Yeah, there's more bunnies. <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't really know much about. I mean, I obviously know enough about his life, but I never really learned or researched or I mean how beautiful Marilyn Monroe I don't know where I was I might have even been in LA and um I don't know how I found out about it or whether it was like something in Playboy I know Playboy was changing even when I got laid off I'm like I know Playboy is completely but the son is taking over the company and he made um you know a, a deal in his will to his kids where he was like, you know, they can – this is their assets. This is what they're going to take over. You take it away. Um, the one thing that they disrespect is if they if they don't stay sober. So then they don't, they don't inherit any of the money. Mm-hmm. And that was like a pretty – that 
was a pretty strong statement statement to make in your will as Hugh Hefner. Like, and the son took over. I actually applied to work at Playboy. I mean, I thought I saw a lot of things that he was trying to do for the company to change it to make it more modern, and I thought that was really cool. But um, yeah, I just think that Hugh is like he picked Marilyn Monroe. Like, I mean, she's epic. Hmm. That that's so awesome. Like, what a beautiful ending. What did so? What would you ask him? I would be like, "How did you do it? Like, how did you do it? Like, how did you please the whole world and all the bunnies? Like, how did you satisfy everybody? Like, what risks did he take? Do you know what I mean? Mm. He t- he definitely took risks, and I was like so shocked. I mean, he's a total player, but. I think has he that had, he's has he been, been I'm sure he master. Was, I'm sure he was interviewed. I'm sure there's like I gotta find out. Yeah. I mean I gotta find out. It might be interesting to find one of his uh I would love to have coffee with Hugh and his robe in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Just learning about what it's like to be Hugh. Yes. Um all right. Anything that you're reading or watching right now? Um not watching anything, unfortunately. I January twenty first. I'm definitely gonna be watching Ozark. But mm, that's um, a good one. You know, reading I'm not reading anything. I hate to say that. I'm not reading anything. You're I d- busy. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm not lot. reading anything. Um, Are you normally a reader? Yeah. I mean, John Bishop did this great book. Like, it was. it's called, if I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but go on F yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then he did the podcast, which is his second equal. He has a sequel. He's got a third book coming out. I didn't get it, but I'm definitely going to get it. Um, and and he's like a, just a motivational speaker and tells you to, how to get out of your own head. And how to just pick up and, and keep it moving. And he's just – he's real. I hi, I highly recommend his book. So – but I haven't read his new book. But he would be my first go-to if I was in the store. I wonder if – um like do your – do you talk to your teenagers read books like that? Like, I don't know what they're That reading. would be like a good graduation um, gift for them when, I know. if they've been I with you for like a few years. I know one of them loves Barnes & Nobles or, or Borders. They're there. I have to find out what they're reading. I might have asked the question and it slipped my mind because I'm like so focused going down the self-help aisle. I, that it I was- think I think that's most uh, – well, adults that are like focused on, you know, finding Same their way. own motivation. But I think for teenagers, they're like, not – Maybe it's fantasy. Like I, I don't know. I'm like – Or they might even not even have – I know like a lot of the kids – you know, that I've talked to, like, they just don't have time. Yeah. They're no, reading for school. They're not. They're reading, though. I'm going to find out. That's a good question. I'm going to find out because I want to know. And then you should recommend that book to them. I'm, yeah. They probably need it. They probably <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Current life motto. Current life motto. I mean, I always say it. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Like, shake it off. Like, just keep it moving. Whatever it is. Like, somebody said something in the wrong way. Maybe they didn't mean it. Like, you know, what if they have an accent? You don't know. My mother says shit all the time, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Sylvia. <laughs> Trying to not say it that way, but I understand she's coming from a good place, and yeah. you just, just don't take it personally. I think Keep it moving. I say it on the job all the time. Shake it off. You had a bad customer experience. Okay, just sit, you move know, forward. Move forward. Shake it off. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. You have to. You get stuck in those moments and in your head, you know, probably a big part of why the book has helped you. And then you, <laughs> it's easy to just not, not move forward. I think that by 10 a.m., I, because I'm such a highly motivated and stimulated person, I'm like, the day's almost over. <laughs> at 10 o'clock, my coffee shop's closing at three. You know, I'm going to have to have dinner and then I'm going to have to like, you know, there's, I'm like, I need more hours in the day. But so I just keep it moving to just try to be as productive as I possibly can to, you know, my personal bottom line. 
you know, aside from the business, which the business always comes first. And I have, I've put that business before a lot of things in my life. And, and that's just my, my mission to make sure that we're successful. But if I, if I didn't keep it moving through hardship, I mean, we'd all be stuck mm-hmm. right now and we wouldn't have something really super awesome to enjoy in town. So I think that's important to remember. Just keep it moving. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great point to end on, too. So we'll have you and John or maybe him <laughs> virtual next time. Yes. It was so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for you. having me. This yeah, is awesome. Absolutely. See you soon. All right. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us on another journey of The Point is Progress. This is Jenna Kavadis, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share these stories with you. I hope today's episode was a good reminder that life is about progress, not perfection. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. You can find all of our episodes with video on our YouTube channel, The Point is Progress. And be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Jenna Kavadis. That's J-E-N-N-A-C-A-V-A-D-A-S for updates and teasers of upcoming episodes. Until we meet again, be well, be kind, and shop small, my friends.